We're going to be in 1 Kings. I would like you to turn back to chapter 6, which is where we left off. And I'm going to pick it up in verse 37, 38, and we'll be doing some other touring. Last week, the emphasis by title was good word. And then it was pure gold, lovely perfection. That was taken from a good chunk of scripture from six, in which the building of the temple is now the priority of Solomon. And the reason that that's important is that it, as well as the priority of the Lord, we're likened as the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we'll see that in scripture as well today. It's a work of God. It is both timely and it takes time. Those are important understandings when we become impatient as to what is God doing and why isn't he doing it my way? Well, that can be answered quite simply because your way is not the best way, but his way is perfect in all his ways. Every single person, though, will stand the merit and test of time. Time is something that God uses. He knows how to compress it. He knows how to expand it. But it's always to accomplish the same outcome, what he has promised in our lives. So even though as we read through the scriptures, the complexities of this structure that was glorious and that David recited to his son, it must be extravagant, it must be glorious, it must be that which to the world looking in on it will be in awe of a God that deserves it. In essence, that's what David said. And so Solomon is on course to see that that is satisfied. In the same context, it is very much easily able to be seen that that hasn't changed. What David's heart was for the temple to be built by his son Solomon, who was commissioned for it and who did satisfy it, is actually now the same work that the Holy Spirit is doing in the time that remains allotted for us. It is one of the things that we are mindful of, and that is 70 years hath a man been given. 80 if due by strength. We've all got a time to live, and we have a destiny that is assured. I appreciated the songs that we sang today and the prayers that were prayed because it pointed to the exclamation mark of the cross, the assurance that we have that the work what Jesus did on it, substitutionary for us, has guaranteed us ultimately to be in a place that is perfect. The close of last week's was lovely perfection. When we are brought before the Lord, it won't be, Phew. I guess I missed on getting you right to come up here. It's absolute perfection that he is affording to us now. And all that we will hear I believe, for those seated here and in churches with a true heart for him, devotion and love is well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of thy salvation. 
enter into what I have prepared for you. And so there are things that aren't necessarily able to be from our perspective compared to that. It's incomparable. It's a mystery that we will ultimately only have satisfied when we are there, but we will be there. So where does this go then for today? Well, I want to first of all remind us that last week's was important in understanding those things that are necessary to appreciate. Good wood. You guys are good wood. Wood speaks of humanity, so I'm reminding you of that. And some people have in their humanity things that God is perfecting presently. Not everything about our humanity is something that is admirable. The scriptures make clear there are dispositions that need to be changed and positions that need to be as well yielded, positions that need to be accepted. Our humanity does not like to be, if you would, budged. And it doesn't like necessarily the need to be in a conformity to others, a submission. But one of the things that we understand, if it's related to the temple, God knows his blueprint for us. So it's always about being submitted to the author of the work of the life that he's given to us. Then it makes sense, even though at times we say senseless, nonsense. This stinks to my senses. We have those times. And sometimes it's more evident in what we lack spiritually because of the press that we are under. And the press that we are under either moves us into anxiety or depression, but God says, look up. That's why I made light of the lights here. Look up. The celestial reminder that if God so named every star, is it anything for him to remember you whom he made priceless? as a living stone. Nope. We may just keep these because one, I don't like to have to redo works. <laughs> but there's something about these little lights that just, they just kind of intrigue me. And when the lights are dim, it really is a beautiful sight. And I don't necessarily compare them to Christmas lights from Walmart that hang all year long around a house, nor will I be indicting anybody that does have those. But what I am saying is that do we have a perspective that says, God is over me, even as celestial lights shine upon me? If he's doing a work within me, I can trust in him as the author of whatever it takes to finish the project. I had kind of a humanity moment yesterday. You know, there's a lot that goes into throwing a wedding. I mostly pastor over weddings clueless about what most of you went through to throw a wedding until I was invited into it, marveling at ultimately the results, but going, wow, there is a lot and what people put into it. But here's my human confession. The day before I chose to eat a corn on the cob, normally I cut the corn off the cob. And I noticed that as I was eating it, my lip was just tingling a little bit. And I was going, that, that just doesn't feel right. 
So I woke up the next morning understanding what had happened. I had a reaction on my lip to the corn. I'm not allergic to it, but for whatever reason, it showed right here. It was just a big, bold red thing. And I tried to get medicine on it. I tried to ice pack it. It didn't swell. So I thought, that's good, because I'm already dealing with an eye that's swelling. So I was looking pretty out of shape for the moment. So last night, I said, just before the evening, I said, hey, Christy, would you mind uh, being my handler and getting some makeup on me? Because the last time I tried it, my lip disappeared. <laughs> the women know this, but nobody told me that that stuff literally makes stuff like your lips disappear if you misplace it. So the last time I tried it, I had no lip. <laughs> it also didn't match the uh, color of my skin. And so I thought, I can't do this on my own. I know I'm going to make my lip disappear. But she disappeared. Makeup didn't come. And so there I am in the humanity of, in my opinion, disfigurement. I think there's still some evidence of it right now. There are some things that we cannot do about that which mars us. The point I'm making here as well is that's something that I can become angry at and refuse to be seen in. Or I can say, I'm a temple. I'm a work of God. Not everything about me is perfect, but I know the things that I can do and I also know the things that I need to let go of, not to make them the issues that stop me from doing what it is I need to do. And there was a lot of stuff I had to laugh through. I had to laugh through the suit that I needed to get because I no longer fit in a 38, which I believed I would indefinitely stay at, and that that 38 was actually fitting me like a 36 short, but it wasn't. And then the 38 wasn't a short, it was a regular, but I only discovered how irregular it was when I went to the 44 that I bought from Goodwill. And John said, yeah, you kind of look like you went in my closet and you got my sleeves. <laughs> Did I wear it though with confidence, John? You know, like a commissioner would. No, not really. <laughs> you do what you can with what it is that the Lord provides. And so in those kinds of things, there were challenges that I had even coming into it. I had to get a little collar stretcher that came in two days, praise the Lord. But it seemed to me as though they weren't what I remembered. They were hard rubber that gave a little bit of extension on the collar because my neck somehow has grown bigger and I couldn't get the tie up. So they were so tight I couldn't even get it through and I found one that was actually kind of metal but springy, kind of like whatever, it looked like springs. I was able to get that on but I ended up pinching my neck in the metal that was stretching. And then once I got my tie on, you don't know this, but I actually almost passed out twice last night. I have caused bridesmaids to faint in my teachings, and if you were here, they were probably going, we're going to faint. I warned them. I said, I don't usually teach less than 40 minutes. But I literally was battling the fainting because this tie was just doing the killing. So the Lord delivered me. Probably lost a million brain cells, as you can see. Yeah, it sounds like it. You're talking like it. So 
I don't want this to simply be rambling, but I am setting up things for you that I want you to know can humor you. If you had a day or a week or a month similar to what I am suggesting to you, who would have thought it? God thought about it. God thought about everything that concerns me that I wish I would have accepted differently, changed about myself as opposed to reviling God for the predicament, the process. There is a process that exacts from us precision, and we either accept it or we don't. We either trust God in it or we trust our hands upon it, and that will go altogether differently. I got through the wardrobe. I got through with a discipline to say, I don't care what I look like on my face. Can't do anything about it. The wardrobe is the best I can pull off right now. Can't do anything about it. The body could have done something about it. <laughs> but I'm not going to worry about it. Another season. In this verse right now, pertaining to today's title, which you're wondering, can you get through it? I can. Foundational building for fundamental living. And we're going to anchor it off of the last three verses of chapter 6, in which it says, beginning at verse 37, in the fourth year, the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid in the month of Ziv. And in the eleventh year, in the month of Bull, which is the eighth month, the house was finished in all its details and according to all its plans. So he was seven years in building it. The foundation is qualified as a four-year exhaustive, basically, construction project from what we had previously heard where the rock quarry is where they were sent, men of skill, men of brawn, men with specific charges do not do anything other than quarry this where it's at and perfect it. And it will only come from that quarry when it meets the requirements that sets those stones in place in Jerusalem. There will be no sound in what now needs to be done to it to that where it must ultimately come. Solomon, you have a reign of peace, and you will peacefully bring those stones which have to be worked over very industrially. There's going to be sweat there, but not here. And so one of the things that we understand and what that represented is that God still is advancing a hard work, but in a manner in which we come to the places that honor him, and we say, no sweat. God's got it. No screaming. The Lord has handled it. We are a structure of peace. We are a structure of order. We are a structure of precision. And that is what we will reflect. And it is foundational to the effectiveness of the church and to you and I personally and individually. There's no way for me to assess that as I brought before you at times, the influence that you have, just like I do, 
as people in your path become linked with you personally, lovingly, devotionally. And though you may not be rewarded with it, you must know that this illustration was exactly the effect of what you, having been quarried, distant from this work, are being now allowed to influence in your life. Stone by stone, the foundation is laid. The foundation is laid perfectly. We're going to see what that means in another form of scripture, the principles of it. We're looking into pictures right now in which you can say, this is foundational. This then leads me to the fundamentals of my faith. Four years have been expressed here. Seven years, it says, to its completion, but the total time seems to be mathematically 11 years. And the point that I'm making about the foundation is that's what you need to understand to explain to others. You know, you have an enthusiasm, but the Lord is still working on a foundation right now on you, knowing him devotionally, exercising faith sacrificially. We know you're into the temple work of God. In other words, you want it finished, but God's still laying foundation. Do you know the Lord as he has been revealed in the scriptures? Do you understand doctrine on the premise of precepts? Understanding that God actually has order, directives, commandments that you are to obey. And to do so, in as we talked about last night, a foundational institution, which is marriage. Why is marriage important? Because it's actually a bedrock of what civil government ought to be reflective of. Two people that are united, uniquely different, propagating and creating the next generation that are instructed in the ways of the Lord and in the laws that God has given for civility to be exercised governmentally. When it fails in the Christian home, it fails societally. And you have dysfunction. You have discord. You have exactly what is being published in the papers today. So when we look at these things, we need to understand Ah, it's the foundational stuff. Okay, so why is it so hard right now? Why is my vertical plumb line just not taking care of what I think, you know, it should be working out as? And the Lord would say, check the foundation. We had foundational inspections on the house that we've purchased, found some things that are strange about it had men anointed with wisdom to make assessment concerning it. What can we do? What has been done? And will this keep it up? Will this now hold us in safety? Or will it come down upon us in hazard? And so we're still in a process of understanding that even though it may have passed scrutiny that lended itself towards lending and we became the owners, it doesn't mean that we're exempted from taking responsibility for things that need to be adjusted. So for foundational works, God says, start with me. Lord, I did start with you. 1988, 28,000 feet in the air, Lord, I started with you. 
But Rich, that was 1988. Are you living off of that? You started there and I've continued to walk with you everywhere you've gone. But in time, the play of humanity upon you, it loosens some of the foundational things that you have understood about me and walked life with me. There are just some things right now that aren't as tight. How are you with God? Tight. So we could say that and we mean it, but the Lord may say, but how are you in the foundational understanding of me? Tight. No, there's some cracks. There's some fissures. That isn't the way I started you. And I've spent years, more than four, working with you on that. Every one of us. And when we know through incidences that weakness, we need to be able to say, oh, Lord, I'm weak. In that predicament, that moment of doubt, I showed a fissure in the stone that you laid so consummately back in 1988. See, that's the thing that at times frustrates us because we, th- we say, I should, be past- I should be into sinless perfection right now. Paul would even be able to write saying, the closer that I come to the Lord by the age that I'm accruing, the evidence is clear I am a sinner saved by grace. It doesn't justify what we should do or what we didn't do and now are faulting ourselves for. It means that every day ought to be, this is a new day that the Lord has given. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. And I will be very specific saying, Lord, as I examine my life, as my life is being looked at by you, what can I do? that's foundational, that leads ultimately to the things that influence people fundamentally. Where we're not confused about what God's Word says for our families, for our government, for how we are to be effectual in the gifts that God has given to us. These are the things that are pictured here. Four, where are you? Way beyond four, how's your foundation? Solid, excellent. I don't doubt you for that. Even though I've confessed fissures somewhat in my overseeing since 1988, I want God to have those in remedy and for me to allow him to make those changes so that when things like this come up, I can say that's not essential. I'm not going to worry about that. I will tend it as I can. Not going to worry about this. I'll tend it as I can. After the next barbecue, I'll tend it. But I'm not going to let it get in the way of my devotion and desire to let God reacquaint me with the foundation and to have his way with me in the fundamentals. Because if indeed he came to give me an abundant life, then I want to live the life that he has qualified me for, for what is his desire. So here's where we're going to go right now. Four, seven, 11 total. Once the foundation stones had been put in place and the Lord basically signed off on it, 
then the structure came up. It was no less magnificent, but it would not have been able to hold itself up without the foundation. The foundation was laid, got the sign up from God. The structure was built, weight upon weight, stone upon stone, wood, gold, magnificent, extraordinary, undeniable, greater than probably any of the seven wonders of the world. It's probably the first because it was picturing the true wonder of the world, the Lord Jesus, the wonderful counselor, the wonderful God. And so if you'll turn with me quickly to this principle to understand in this, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, let's just take a look at this understanding related to good wood, pure gold, lovely perfection, foundational is what we want to see for the fundamentals that we must know. I'm going to pick it up right here, verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. When you've come to understand in this, that there are those who you sit with and will walk with, that they are fellow workers, and that technically all of us are construction sites, buildings under intense supervision. It helps if you would take out arrogance from thinking too much of ourselves and thinking much more highly of God and our friends and family. Really important. We occasionally, we're not a really high-techy church, but I'm real proud of the work that we're, we're doing, you know. We do webcasting, whatever you call it. I know that we've moved to a different platform that's a little bit, in my opinion, cleaner, but we also hit Facebook and YouTube. And I'll never be a star. That's not the point. The point is we do what we can do for the purpose of those that may not have the luxury of getting here. We just do what we can do. And it's a legacy of teachings that will remain, and who knows? When the church goes, they may say, who was that guy? Where was that church? What is it they taught about that we missed? We knew we should have gone there. We didn't. Now we must find out in the archives. This idea about the fundamentals and ultimately the foundation is what is being addressed here as this community of projects in the making, structures that are being raised up, community members that need to understand how important your function is. Last night, I looked at the situation and I'm going, oh, it's late. My body clock was just running on no fuel. You know who I was inspired by? I was inspired by Christy. I was inspired by everyone that was both coming to her and everybody that actually was operating as if God was just in them. Is that possible? God in them? When I feel that God left me, <laughs> he didn't leave me. I was just without energy. I went to go get the keys to the U-Haul, which I unfortunately left at the home, to help everybody who had been given the assignment to break down tables and chairs. I don't even know who gave them the assignment. I was going to say, guys, I'll just cover this for another night. Go home. Go home to your friends and family. Go home and sleep. And the next thing I know, they're turning into an industrial quarryman. So 
I'm racing in the speed limit to get home, to get the key. I come back thinking, this is heroic. I'm bringing the key that will liberate these workmen to only have to go a couple of feet. They had to actually go out about 40 yards to get that chairs from the place stacked. And I come back thinking, <laughs> yeah, I'm really doing this good. It was all done when I came back. Vacuums were going. I mean, it was like clean house. And I just marveled at the Lord for what he did when I moved off of site. I could have been there to experience. I could have contributed to the cause. Because the U-Haul wasn't going anywhere last night. It was all done and I missed it because I left the quarry. Thinking how heroic I'll be by bringing the key. And everybody was brought to that van by the Spirit of God. You see, I was in a community of believers who were exercising foundationally as living stones. It was awesome. Where was Richard? Richard, where were you? <laughs> but you don't even understand the half of it because somewhere the Lord raised up another half of the army. There were 440 chairs here last night. They aren't here this morning. No tables. I got back to see a guy that was on dispatch in a truck backing up where I was going to put the U-Haul heroically. And these tables, those that you guys are sitting at, are being loaded. And I'm marveling. We're going we're gonna to bring those back tonight? We're bringing them back. And so I tried to help, and I laughed because I couldn't get out the door. Something about holding a big square table, trying to get through a narrow door. I didn't have the science down. How did you do that? This is what I do. And he does this swoosh. And then he's got these big arms, and they're going back. I mean, he like throws them, and they levitate, and then they just kind of fall into place. <laughs> I'm still trying to get out the door watching him. I'm keeping it disclosed quietly right now. And finally, when I feel really successful, this is awesome. Look at me. I'm getting through this door to lift it up on the tailgate. I've got my the, the legs are kind of going over my shoulders. I had no lift. I'm a little smurf. I'm, 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 I'm with Hercules, and I'm a little smurf. I couldn't get it higher than like my chin. And I just had to say, Lord, you know, as this Herculean spiritual man takes it from me and puts it where it belongs, then takes it back where it's going to go. And one by one, they all come out. This place today looks this way because foundationally people are fundamentally behaving as believers by the Spirit of God. I'm so tired, but at the same time, I understand that what God allowed me to see is that even in fatigue, He has the way to make you strong and effective. It was just wonderful. All of this equipment, it wasn't here last night. These guys came this morning and plugged things in, moved things out. Drum came from upstairs to downstairs. Keyboard from the side to the... We had to plug things in. It was awesome. That's where I'm camping on simply right there, is that you got to understand. You're in a building project with others, and it's amazing what God is doing in you foundationally, as you understand what? Here's what the principle says. Moving on, fellow workers, God's field, you are God's building 
beautiful. According to the grace of God, verse 10, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. Paul says, I've been privileged in certain areas, and in particular the gospel message, to lay a foundation. And others, by God's grace, are going to be permitted to build on it. Be careful how you build on it. Follow the plans, the ordinances. Don't change things just for the sake of cultural appeasement. Stay the course. I dressed up in a suit last night. I wear tennis shoes and jeans, and I think somewhat of a nice shirt today. I have liberty to do that. I could have come out in a suit. Those things are interchangeable. They have nothing to do with violating foundation and fundamentals. I enjoy the liberty that I have. And I'm not irreverent in how I present myself. I know how to dress up, and I also know how to be pretty casual. And both of them are great for me. But in this, Paul is saying, I acknowledge the fact that in this, the Lord allowed me as a quarryman to lay a foundation that I released to be built upon by others who following him are going to be permitted for the structure to ascend and to be glorious and marvelous. Are you content foundationally laying stone or must you be the one that builds on that foundation? If so, great. First of all, know your contentment to lay foundation. Secondly, permit the work of God to also be expressed by one staying true to the fundamentals of God. Notice this as we advance. This grace he acknowledges as being given to him. And then 11, here's what we discover. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. The work in your life as a person of faith is credited to Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of your faith, the one who has stamped you as his, the one who has given residency of the Holy Spirit within you, who has gifted you, these things are important to understand. It is not simply about the temple that a man may build to the honor and glory of God. It's that the understanding is it's exclusively God's. The privilege is for a season, but for eternity, the structure is always pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the true foundation upon whom we build our lives our marriages, the rearing of our children, the way and means by which we are both infused, defused, transfused into our communities. We have a commissioner because one day he said, huh, I wonder if this is what the Lord would want me to do. And he shared it briefly and it made sense. Why not? Why not see what God wants to do with you? And sure enough, elections came, and John was the one picked. Because in faith, he understood the foundational position that he had with the Lord, the Lord being his foundation, 
the acknowledgement of his wife saying, go for it, others praying concerning it, and the next thing you know, seemingly against all odds, he becomes a commissioner, a believing commissioner, in my opinion, with great influence, because I know he loves the Lord. I know that with certainty. And I find him to be well-placed because of how, at times, the humanity of individuals within that area of politics can be. It takes a godly man to know how to pray, how to even make adjustments when, as a commissioner, he's pressed in his humanity, in the areas of addressing and being challenged and challenging. This is that foundation that leads to what we also know are the fundamentals of your faith. How are we still doing in our prayer life? How are we doing in our Bible reading? How are we doing in our listening to Bible instruction? How are we doing when we run into people who yet are in just the first year of the foundation being laid? Why don't they know better? Well, they're just in the first year of the foundation being laid or the second year, or third year, or fourth year. Why aren't they where they ought to be where I am? Because the work of God is just starting in them. That's why generational work is so important. Irrelevant to what you may think or not think of them, it's important to understand they're the next generation. Because you saw evidence of what happens when you look at somebody young and you say, follow the Lord as I am following him. And they believe you and they do something about it. And you get to see it. Fruitfulness, effectualness. It's pretty awesome. Good word, pure gold, lovely perfection, foundation and the fundamentals for a life that God wants us to credit Him for because He loves us and He is exalted in the things that we get to do, not have to do. Privileged to be here today.